And welcome everybody. Good evening. It's a new car cast for us. We've been a little bit since we did our last one. I'm Owen Newkirk alongside Sean Shapiro. This is episode 90 of the car cast, which is amazing that we're approaching the century mark here. Although 10 more home games is going to take us past the start of 2020. So yes. it's not going to be like it's in two minutes. But I would say, Sean, we have some pretty incredible numbers for number 90. Marcus Johansson has been a relatively good pro, I mean, a really good player lately. Um, I mean, Joey Junot is one of my favorites, <laughs> number 90s as a kid. Uh, played a ton. Vladislav Nemesnikov is out there as well. But I really feel like if we don't mention Jason Spezza for the last four seasons in Dallas. Remember, he wasn't 90 before Dallas. And isn't we, 90 anymore either. We should probably mention Jason Spezza. I don't know. Is this? I think this might be the Joey Juno episode. I'm going to go with that one. Because it, I forgot that although Spezza, very much notable for the Stars 90, did not wear it for the bulk of his career. He's a 19. And he's going to finish his career as a 19 as well. So I would... Uh, All right. We're amending the episode. Yes. Joey Juno. There we go. All right. Now that we've got that out of the way. By the way... Um, Juno was on the Bruins for the first time I ever had an NHL game, which was NHL 95. Okay. In, and the reason why I remember, well, I remember because the first hockey game I had on Sega Genesis, it was not the first one that came out, which was 94, because 95 they took the fighting out. Oh, okay. And then they put it back in 96 because they had it in 94. Okay. If you remember, or I don't even know. Were you alive? Yeah, you yes, were. I was alive. <laughs> were you alive? Anyway. <laughs> So, let's get tonight's game. Tonight's game was a fun one, and I want to start with a stat before we get to the actual game itself. Okay. I brought this up in our pregame show because I happened to go back and look. The Dallas Stars and the New York Islanders were 1-2 in goals against average as a team last year. Yes. The Stars almost caught the Islanders for the Jennings Trophy, which is for the best goals against. They had awarded to the goalies of the team that has the best. Yeah. Stars finished second. This year, coming into tonight's game, the Islanders were ranked third in the league and the Stars were fourth. Logical people would make the conclusion that if you have two teams that specialize in keeping pucks out of their net, this is going to be a low-scoring affair. Yes. So I've just said, you know what, I remember some pretty funky games in Brooklyn and in Dallas. Let's take a look at the history. In the last 20 games... I just went back 20 because there's more, but yeah. it takes you back to 2004. So okay. that's a pretty good sample yeah. size. Because they didn't play each other twice a year every year. It was 2014 when they finally did that on a regular basis. Yes. But 20 games, the combined goals, 137, which is an average of almost 6.85 a game. Okay. That's a lot of goals in a 2-1 style, you'd think. These that is, teams. yeah. So they don't play against each other the way you would expect. Let's move out of this cop's way. Yeah, so, so slow down. We have a flashing light, sirens blazing, and he changes lanes, which means he's not coming after us. Yeah. Who's he going after? That That's is a, a sheriff. sheriff? Yeah. Oh, he's on his way to something then. Yeah. Not necessarily, no, because people are getting over. People are getting out of the way. Merging. Yeah. So this is not a... Going after the speeder. This is something 
um, responding wait, to a call. He, he was coming onto the highway. Like, if he's going after a speeder, that would be... Uh, That'd be surprising, wouldn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah, he's trying to get somewhere. So, yeah. there you go. We don't just do that every night. The yeah. uh, full lights and siren show. Yeah. Uh, up 35. So, anyway, the point is, very briefly, as was the long-winded version, these two teams don't allow a lot of goals against. Yeah. But when they play each other... Throw it out the window. It makes no sense, right? That's what the first period was. High event hockey. Yeah. yeah. Like, what was it, 16 to 10, the shots at the end of the first, I think? I might be off by a little uh, bit there. It's but pretty close. They had 29 shots total in the combined. Maybe 16. I mean, it was insane. Yeah. They had uh, Star scored twice, but they had uh, like 16 quality looks mm-hmm. combined between the two clubs. Yeah. I mean, Offense was there, right? They were going for it, 16 or 17 quality chances. And, boy, Sean, first three or four minutes, Islanders looked great. Yeah. The Stars did not. No, we're going to try a uh, – I think we're going to try an avoidance of the highway here. Why do we get – we got to think about it? Look at all those red lights up there. How far ahead? Yeah, we'll see. Ah, all right, so we're going to pull a ways here as we go. We'll see what we get. But anyway, first three or four minutes, the Islanders were great. Oh, boy. Oh, Sean, you might have had the right idea. Oh, boy. All right. The car cast might be extended tonight by four hours. <laughs> Don't say it that I way. I know. I'm kidding. I'm oh. not kidding. Oh, God. All right. It's uh, a short... Hopefully, it's not a standstill because there's an accident right in front of us, but it's only for a short stretch according to ways. So, if we can get through it, maybe we can get through it. I don't know. That's a terrible statement. That is a terrible statement. So I've I've set up my point twice, and we've been dismissed <laughs> twice. Is it worth going for the third? I think you've made your point. Did you want to comment on the Islanders' first uh, strong start? Because it starts to look like they were going to get blown off the. Oh the yeah, yeah. Because it was three nothing shots for the Islanders to start so the game. You didn't hear it twice, so it's, I'm going to try again. Yeah. First three or four yeah. minutes. Yes. The Islanders were excellent, and the Stars were, looked terrible. Yes. Three nothing shots. The Islanders start the game. The Stars then followed that up with the next six shots, I believe. I'm glad um, I brought you back in. Yes. You were totally locked in on this crash of it. Yes. All right. Yeah, but no, it, Stars really got themselves the the feet under them after that, mm-hmm. and. They were really, really strong after at that point. They get the the first goal, and it was one where Andrew Cogliano needed one to go in off his a body part somewhere. He needed a weird one, like that's like. And he got it. He got one, yeah. Really nice play by by both uh, Miro Hishkin and Jamie Alexiak to set it up. Obviously, the clean draw, clean win by Foxa back to to Hishkinen. Um, nice way to move the puck and. Alexiak j- jumps in. I think I think Alexiak's been really good lately. I mean, I think overall he's been good this season. Um, but I thought he. I think something he's figured out. Um, I think something Alexiak has figured out that other guys. Oh, there we go. Give the guy get on the shoulder right there. Look at that guy. Yeah, that's not cool, dude. You're yeah. riding the shoulder to try to get to an exit. I mean, we all want to get off and yeah. get around this, but yeah, yeah, that's, that's that. really dangerous and it's not smart and. Anyway, so um, I don't like to be vindictive, Sean. Yeah, do we have another one going? Well, oh, that's, a a, that's a motorcycle. There we but go. But when I see people do that, I hope for karma. Karma, right? Is yeah. that is that? Do you think that's ill? I mean, it's is that poor of poor form to to think about that? I mean, I just hope if that person was using that the shoulder that way, I hope they had a very good reason. Like yes, you're right. Like, yes, I would. Uh, 
Like what? it's midnight and my wife's in labor and I. Yeah, like that. That's that's where I was going. I was going like someone's going to the hospital and someone's uh, like. Not. I'm tired of sitting in traffic and my time is more important than yours. Exactly. Um, yes. You hope it's for a positive, not a selfish reason. Yes. But anywho, Jamie Alexia. I think he's played well lately. Um, I think he. The one thing that I think he's done with uh, that he's been able to do with Miro Heiskanen that the. Uh, that I think some other players have not been able to do so far yet is that he's been able to read off when he can jump in as well. And I think that's something that when, um, I don't, I don't think every partner Miro has had this season has really learned that and really adapted completely well to it. And I think Alexiak has kind of done that. And I think that's why that pairing has worked well lately. For example, tonight he read off where, Hishkinen needed to go, and I think it's something where Alexiak realizes he doesn't need to be the primary puck carrier, but he can still get his opportunities if he reads off Miro rather well, and that's what led to the goal, and um, we asked Jim Montgomery about him after the game, and he kind of gave a similar thought process of he's seeing a lot of confidence from him, and I mean, give Alexiak a ton of credit. I think he had another really good game tonight. Bruce assist aside. Bruce made the line of, and he said, he goes, I don't know when Jamie Alexiak decided that he could be or was going to be a good NHL defenseman, but he's changed. Now, obviously, he's trying to get some shtick in there, but the 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 switch for Alexiak, it wasn't – it's not as though he came back from Pittsburgh like this. He improved from the time with the Penguins to coming back to Dallas, but there has been a noticeable growth from the return until this season and even from the beginning of this season till now. I think that one of the biggest things, and I think it's, I think perception makes reality. And I think one of the biggest things is by getting traded the way he did and then mm-hmm. the way he came back, I think it stripped away the, uh, the first round pick. Low, the pressure? Yeah. The label and the outside label of first round pick on him. I think he got stripped away by that trade. I agree. And so like. He got traded for a fourth yeah, round pick twice. So, so like think about, for example. One of the main reasons the Stars can't trade Julius Honka or couldn't trade Julius Honka for anything worse than a third was because he still has this first-round pick label floating over his name. If Julius Honka had just been a second- or third-round pick, I think he would have been traded already. But that first-round label makes the Stars believe they have to get more for him. Yes. Jamie Alexia got traded away. It stripped away that label that he was a first-round pick. It made it, it basically equated him to being a fourth-round pick, if you look at what he was traded for value-wise. And I think that actually did wonders for Jamie as far as what are fair expectations. And I also think it set fair expectations for what the Stars should expect from him. And I think that's allowed um, the perception of Alexiak to improve. And I think it's he's outperformed what a fourth-round pick should be worth. And he's also – but he also doesn't have to be measured up to being a top-15 pick like if he was. If you'd like to see a comparable, see Jack Campbell with the L.A. Kings. Yes. Because – he has been a very good complement to Jonathan Quick mm-hmm. in L.A., but he took time working in the Ontario Rain AHL camp for a bit with mm-hmm. their coach, Dusty Amu, and then working his way up. And, and obviously, Bill Ranford's been a good influence on him as well. And just, you know, it's, it's resurrected a career that looked like it was never going to take off. Yes. At the NHL level. Yep. Um, 
So the Stars get the goal from Cogliano, and then, Sean, the man of the of the night, Alexander Radulov, obviously a big talking point was Thursday night against the Winnipeg Jets. He didn't play. We didn't have a card cast because of a whole litany of factors. But You can essentially blame the Cowboys game. Let's blame the Cowboys game because yeah. it was really that yeah. um, for a couple different st- reasons of that. But um, So he doesn't play because the Stars had to do something. Coaching staff had to make a lineup change on Thursday after a awful, absolutely awful mm-hmm. performance on Tuesday in Winnipeg. Yes. And they chose Radulov. And my question to that, so let's just sort of yeah, go fair, back it's fair, to that. It's fair to divulge. Was to, that to the right player for the Stars to do? Yeah. Is, yes, is he the right guy to scratch yes, because it after wasn't, that game? It wasn't. I mean, I think the thing we need to be clear on is... Radulov wasn't just scratched for he scratched for for performance, but he was he, it was a discipline scratch. Yeah, like it was a scratch of lack of discipline for hey you're taking way too many penalties, but it's also a scratch of Alexander Radulov lives in his own world. He does, and there are times where people and coach where players and coaches will look at that and look at it as uh, he's the eccentric. He's eccentric, he's crazy, but you know what? He scores 70-plus points a year, so it's fine to live with it. Right. You can't be – you can't live outside the team rules and outside the structure like like he does if you're not going to produce. And so I think there needed to – it was kind of a tightening of the raids from Jim Montgomery where the message was like, look, if you want the privileges to live outside the rules, you have to produce or you have to live within the rules. Like, that, yeah, it's, and it's that's, right. And if that's, you're our, one of our leading scorers and you're putting up points in the top 20 in the NHL, let's say, mm-hmm. and making it impossible for us to take you out of the lineup, we'll we'll deal with that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, the the leash gets longer. Yeah. But when you don't, and when your penalties, I mean, he was at the time of the scratch on Thursday, tied for second in the league. I haven't checked since. In minor penalties in the entire NHL with 15 leading in 29 games, still leading all forwards coming into tonight. When it came it's to the it's minor just too many, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, it wasn't the hat trick last year against Colorado, mm-hmm. but it was a very strong night. And there were—I don't know if you noticed this at all—but there were a couple instances in the game where he went into a battle, like a 50-50, yeah, and he could have swung his stick, maybe ended up. Chopping down on top and knocking a stick out, getting or breaking, getting a slashing call, or reaching out, and he didn't. And he looked like he was. Maybe I was looking for something that wasn't there, but it seemed like it was. He seemed aware of what he was trying to do and tried to be frenetic under control. I, I don't know if it was confirmation bias or not, but he seemed to find a better way to straddle that line. I agree. I don't know if it's. Con- I mean, it's, it's one of those things. Where I'm going to be fascinated. Did we see it because we were looking for? Yeah, it. I'm, I'm going to be fascinated to see because who knows? He very easily we could go into Tuesday's game and all of a sudden the first shift could be a slashing penalty. But right. I'm fascinated. <laughs> um, and I would give you even money probably on that. Exactly. So I maybe we were looking for it, so that's why. But. I thought he looked better and more under control tonight. Um, and then obviously, he had the uh, he had the impact that he had the offensive impact he can have on the power play tonight. Um, in the uh, first period, the uh, he scores in his first game back after the scratch, a uh, nice shot and goal. But to me, one of the things that made an Alexander Radulov play is the effort and the and the hustle to on the puck retrieval beforehand. 
to me, that that's what made the play. Um, looks like we got what one car stalled? No, there's another one here. Okay, missing a wheel. Ah. Okay. All right, let's move on. So, but yeah, it was a play where Alexander Radulov, he nope, got more flashing lights on the side there. Oh, good, they got the guy. Is that the guy? Uh, no, that person's driving away oh, with a wreck. Got a with a a muffler hanging oh, off the back end. It's not the same guy. I was hoping they got the guy that, that went in the amazing. shoulder. The guy oh, that was no. driving on the right shoulder would have oh, been amazing. Oh man. That would have been amazing. Anywho, anyway, Ale- Alexander Radulov. Um, but but your here. jubilation was yes. at its peak. Yes, for I, just I, a I was excited. I um, was excited for you. Yes. Um, <laughs> Alexander Radulov won the puck back. Puck retrieval. Gives give basically kind of a quick give and go with John Klingberg. Gets the puck back. Um, nice screen by Corey Perry in front of the net. Um, it was a play that was kind of the combination of what makes Radulov great when he's great. It's the effort and the hard work. And like then that. the skill. What makes him great when he's great. But it's, it's the absolute right sentiment. Yes. There's another accident over there, it looks like. Or construction? Maybe. Flashing lights all over the place. Yeah. Dogs and cats living together. Anarchy. Anarchy. Anywho. Yeah. It's 2 nothing stars. <laughs> Power play goal. And then uh, in the third period, excuse me, yes. second period, Dennis Gurionov gets a power play goal yes. off a great play by Radulov for the quick diagonal redirection in at the crease. Yes. And that's goals in consecutive games for Guryanov and John. They we need- going, going into Thursday, the Stars had only scored multiple power play goals in two games this year, mm-hmm. and they've done it now in back-to-back games. So two power play goals on Thursday, two for five, two for two tonight. I mean, if you look at it, the snapshot – yeah, four out of seven. It's pretty good in two games. It's not the story of this season's power yeah, play. Yeah, no, it's not. not. No, it's not. But it's it's they're seven for eighteen in their last seven games now. Uh, it sounds much much better, but exactly. they have. I look. They, results matter. Yes. I still think they have a ways to go I, to I actually agree. be a legit threat consistently on the power. Play. I agree because we have like you look at both goals tonight, um, and we have yet to see the stars be able to really establish themselves. As threat on the power play when they get set up. Yes. That's the biggest thing. Um, now, the other goals are great. Don't get rid of the other goals. But no. But, but the fact is, they have not been able to establish really that consistent threat when they're set up. Tyler Sagan doesn't have a power play goal yet this season. That should tell you a little bit of everything. Tyler Sagan doesn't have a goal in the last eight. Yes. So I mean, I'm not trying to bag on him because you know I think he's an extremely important part of this team. He's did you know that he's now tied for fifth in the league in faceoff percentage amongst qualifying players? He was 56%. Yeah. And, and that leads us to an interesting point. Matthias Janmark was the center of the top line tonight. He has not been lined up as a center in a yes. while. Natural center, centered Ben and Sagan. He did not attempt a single faceoff. And when's the last time the center on, a, on the top line of an NHL team did not take a draw. That's a great trivia question. I mean, it's yeah. wild, is it not? It's also um, it's also goes back to a, reminds me of a conversation I had this morning. I had a conversation with Rope Hens this morning. We were talking about center versus wing, um, and him and I were talking about how from the blue from the defensive blue line forward, it's almost become a positionless game when it comes to forwards. 
Um, there are certain responsibilities of a center defensively yes. in, 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 the, in the defensive zone that still and the apply. breakout and the breakout. But from the blue line forward, Lope and I were talking about it this morning, where Lope pretty much said it doesn't matter where I'm playing when we have the puck because we it's it's more it's more so it's not of what does the center do, what does the winger do, it's right. what does the first guy in do, what does the second guy in do. It's become more and more positionless. Yes, and and that's, it's also a recognition yeah. of. When you're in the offensive zone, somebody has to be aware of the fluidity to stay high or to yes. adjust and switch back because you can't get all three guys stuck yeah. above the puck when they break it the other way. And centers don't have to take faceoffs. Another thing about Yamark I want to touch on before we move yes. on to the third period is um, the I he didn't he would did not get a point, but no, he, he actually did tonight. No, 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 no let me oh, finish. Okay. He, he, he did not get a point on Gurianov's goal. He, however, created that goal with his zone entry. Uh, he made the clean entry, the play to Perry, who passed it to, to right. Radulov. And we had, and I kind of surmised this, and then uh, Jim Montgomery confirmed it after the game for me, that the reason Yanmark is on the power play is because of the zone entries. Yes. And it's they, that's something. Because skating. And that's an area that's been a struggle on the power play is getting in and getting set up. And you know what? Yanmark, we talked to Yanmark after the game, and it's something where he knows that's the reason he's there, and it's something he's hoping to take advantage of, and he did tonight. Yes. Um, I, uh, yeah, he, so, I just wanted to touch on that. So, Well, it's interesting, yeah. too, because when you talk about Justin Dowling, who I thought played well on Thursday against the Jets in okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ben and Sagan, Dowling's done the very, uh, you have to say, noticeable move of going from healthy scratch to top line center to healthy scratch mm-hmm. after games which the Stars won, which yes. is you don't see healthy scratches except for a guy like Radulov, which is special circumstance. You don't see guys go from being the odd man out to the 13th forward to the top line center position and then get yanked after a good game. Well, it's, 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 the Stars have really good depth right now, but the other thing that's interesting to note, too, is... The Stars are a team with how their minutes are run, and especially amongst the forwards. Um, there's not first line like it's it's not it's not the, it's not what you would. You think. saw the sheet tonight. Oh yeah, like it's that not, was great. Like talk about balance. Like there was the lowest. I think everyone was between twelve thirty-five and seventeen minutes. So I think the every forward played more than fourteen minutes. Yeah, but less than twenty, with the exception of Gurianov, who played twelve thirty-five. Yes. And, ready for the fun fact of the night, if you thought that was great, tonight was the first game in the entire season that Hiro Haskinen yeah. did not play 20 minutes. He played 19.51. And it's also, on top of that... Which I think is really good in the long run, On top you? of that, yes. I'm going adding to that fact. It was the first game this season where the Stars did not have two players over 20 minutes. And Klingberg was the only one. Yes, Klingberg was the only one. It is the first game this season... Um, wow. the, of the prior 29 games, 28 of them, you could have just looked at Essel and Dell's and Miro's minutes, and they, and they were over 20. Over 20. Probably there was well one, over. There, there was one game, as the Anaheim 2-1 to one game, um, where Essa played 14. Um, but the And that was the game, I think, that was the game where Essa left, after, left the game a little bit for the crunch in the corner, yeah. I think. Um, so, but pretty much it was, things were, you talk about taking advantage of, of depth and taking it and taking advantage of playing to the score and, and things like that. And I thought they did a really good job getting everything even done tonight. I thought so too. And that's going to really play out well for their energy management in the long run. Um, it also goes to show you, Sean, that they're, they went back after the, they changed the D pairings 
a bit for the Winnipeg game, and Monty specifically reiterated this today, that that was a direct matchup against the Jets, and they went back to what are kind of the normal pairings right now, and it wasn't first pair plays a ton, Miro plays a ton, uh, a little bit less for Alexiak, and then a lot less for the third pairing. Everybody played, and I think that's really a, a sign of the, the balance they're starting to feel because, look, I don't know if you and I would have believed anybody if they said, hey, at the 30-31 game mark, fans are going to be complaining that Taylor Fadoon isn't in the lineup. Yeah, I don't think you would have predicted that. And he, he deserves He's been good. He's been good. But he can't get in the game right now. Yeah. Um, third period, the Stars got pressed a bit because they had the lead. Mm-hmm. Um, probably should have had the shutout, but Matthew Barzell gets the goal to yeah. break it with a tip-in. Yeah. Um, nice tip. But first, was first good, he was Look, he was dangerous tonight, but yeah. he also had two penalties. took two penalties, and the Stars scored on both of them. Yep. And he high-sticked the tallest player on the Stars. Yes. Co-tallest player. Yes. Tallest skater. Mm-hmm. Um, so... That, you know that, that you're getting your money's worth if you have to reach your stick up that high to hit the 6-7 guy in the face. Yeah. But, no, I, look, the, the Islanders are a very good team. I thought the Stars outplayed them. Yeah. NHL, the team, the uh, Islanders have the fourth best record, have the fourth most amount of points in the NHL and have played the least amount of games of any team in the top ten. Yes. And the Stars played a rather complete game against them. And, you know what? It's, uh, I, I think this was a big one for the Stars not just to win, but it was a big one to win the right way because I think uh, you really there's a little bit of a hesitation yeah. about Winnipeg because you yeah. blew the lead a two nothing lead yeah. they tie it and then you have to win it overtime. Yeah, they you look you lose four in a row you take it, even if it's a shootout but mm-hmm. this one felt more yes. complete right exactly. All right, let's go to the lightning round because we have a lot to get to and we are not sitting in front of Sean's house for 25 minutes yes. tonight because if we do I'm going to be mad at myself. Kyle wrote this in about three hours ago. Just watch the Texas Stars take back-to-back games from the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins, a top Atlantic team on the road. Since these East versus West AHL games are so rare, how do they come to be? So the uh, you want to tackle this one or I can? Uh, uh, we can go either way. So go so ahead. So pretty much the Texas Stars in their history have only I believe this was the. Um, third Eastern Conference opponent they've traveled to in the regular season. And there's a reason for it. Yes. And the reason is it's all financial. It's that's it's how much of, uh, I guess, well, Toronto's an Eastern Conference now. So they traveled to Toronto this year, so that counts as a fourth. But, yeah. But, 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 it used to be in the, what, in the yeah, division, but, right, or something like that, yeah. the conference. But uh, now they have, uh, basically, it's, it's a financial thing. It's the, the AHL is a very regional geographic league, and... It's very heavy in the Northeast, as you I mean. You know this better than I do, as someone yeah, who worked it's been up there. a long time in the East. And, yep. and it, two years in yes, the West. And it's a, but I didn't have the California group. That would yes. have been fun and also long. Yes. But so for those teams in the Northeast, as you can attest to, the budget, Terry, the budget doesn't really account for, isn't really built on flying all over the country. It's a bus league. It's, we did not. So I spent yeah. two years in, in Albany and one year in Glens Falls. I did not get on a plane once. Yes. Right? And that the is longest that... bus ride I had was to Norfolk, Virginia. And that was a long ride. It was eight, eight nine hours. Mm-hmm. And we would go there for three days usually and play – or three or four days and play two games. Yeah. When the first – so four-day trip, longest one with the Albany River yep. Rats. First road trip with the Texas Stars, 10 days. Mm-hmm. Next one was 13. 
And I remember my family going, this is different. Yeah. Because you just – and we flew everywhere except for to Houston when they were still in the league, San Antonio, Oklahoma City. That was it. Two of those three aren't yeah. even in the league anymore. So the – Look, the, the reason yeah. – the other reason is, Sean, and Sean was getting to this, the – way you do that is you reciprocate. Yeah. You go there, they come to you. Mm-hmm. So there are some teams in the East, because the travel so close together, that will actually say, we're going to spend the money to do it just to get the bonding trip and get out of, you know, new place, yeah. away from home, because there was a, uh, when Worcester had a team in the AHL, they're now in San Jose, the Barracuda, but when they were the Worcester Sharks, they had like an absurdly short, like they had, they had no hotel dates for... Yeah. I mean, for they actually would say we need to do one to get the team away from home because we bust day trips all the time. So, and and there are not a lot of East teams that want to spend the money to to fly out west because they can bust everywhere. And, and the teams that have the Eastern Conference teams that have ended up on Texas's schedule, um, Wilkes Bear and uh, Syracuse about four or five years ago now. Maybe, yeah. maybe even that was long, actually it was longer because it was maybe, before maybe, I was there. Yeah, probably even longer because um, they went to Syracuse and played Sean. It's, this is year six for me in yeah. Dallas, so it's more than eight seasons ago. Yeah, so a while ago. But basically, those are the teams where they have ownership who's who, and it's a strong AHL market, and they want to bring in new opponents for their team. That's right. another thing too. Freshen up for the fans yeah. to see a yes. team you don't get to see. And, very often. and so basically, how the how Wilkes Barre and Scranton and Wilkes Barre Scranton same team. <laughs> yes, it's, and, and it's it, like Dallas Fort Worth, but a little yeah. bit smaller. But how it ended up on the schedule was, the Penguins. Were willing to go to Texas and San Antonio to get Texas and San Antonio onto their schedule for their fans, and then also therefore get a kind of road trip that they wouldn't typically get. And that's how it ended up. And it's one of those where the entire AHL schedule is done by hand. The teams yep. agreed to it, and there it was. Fun fact: the Penguins or the Baby Pens, as they sometimes call them in Pittsburgh. Not a fan of that. I don't but. either. But the they they call the Baby Bruins in yeah. Providence. Yeah, too, yeah, yeah. So. I don't like it. Whatever. Uh, but the Wilkesbury Scranton Penguins arena is actually in Wilkesbury Township. Scranton is the bigger city of the two, mm-hmm. but they're not in Scranton. So I think I, I don't know why they chose it. I'm sort of presuming because the Scranton, Scranton used to have I don't know if they still have a Yankees baseball affiliate. But it but the but, but it goes the other way. It goes Scranton Wilkesbury, doesn't it? I think it's just Scranton. Okay. But either way, I think they said Scranton because it's the larger of yeah. the two. But they're not in Scranton. They're yeah. in Wilkesbury. Yeah. And uh, and people botch the name. It's B A R R E. So it looks like Bar Wilkes Bar, but it's yeah. Wilkesbury. Yeah. Anyway, moving on from the AHL trivia. Our next question comes from Casey. Hey, Carcast, isn't the Kraken the best mascot option for Seattle? Fans shout, "Release the Kraken!" Whenever a player comes out of the box, their home ice can be called the Crack House. <laughs> Hold on, I'm not done. I just hit the wrong button. Um, <laughs> Plus, their fans can be called the Crackers or the Crackhead. <laughs> that is the question of the night for the Gargas or Comets. I was already on that team nickname before. I want the Kraken already. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and that's wonderful. Next question. Do you know the other options? I don't even remember now. It's probably going to be the Seattle Sockeye. Do you think so? Yes. The fish? I would bet good money on that. Oh, that's like It reminds me too much of the Toledo Walleye, which yeah. is the ECHL fish team. Yeah. Which, speaking of weird things if you're Kraken is so good but Toledo walleye weird thing okay it is weird they have two mascots one is a walleye the other is a fit is a cat that is always fishing for it 
How do you have one mascot trying to eat your other mascot? Anywho. Your, and your secondary mascot is trying to eat the primary. Yes. You would think at some point the team would step in and say, lay off our mascot. Yes. You're the extra guy. Yes. Anywho. I left the text aggression. Okay. Um, Randall writes in. Just skip Randall's question. Uh, I, I know where he's, I, going, I know where he's going. Randall's been doing this for a couple days now. Just skip Randall's question. He just question. said, also, if the person with the Tyler Sagan voodoo doll will please stop poking it, we will convince Sean Shapiro to wear the Angus Young schoolboy costume. Hashtag Carcast. Um, Galbagus writes, what a great game against a great team. It's good to see the power play fo- continue to fire. But I have to ask the important question of the Carcast. If it takes $1,000... <laughs> into Sean's account for him to wear the schoolboy suit, how much would it need to be if the money was to charity? Good question. Why does this about... keep coming up? <laughs> Why it's, does this keep coming up? It's been brought up multiple times now, oh and I God. love it. Uh, so, Sean, is it is the number still a grand to charity, or is it oh less? Oh, my God. We should just go to the next question. He's going to... Balk on it again. I'm going. I don't to... want to make the comparison. I know. Oh my god. I know because it's a low blow. Oh man. You know I'm... what? If some people are allowed to dodge questions, so am I. Wow. <laughs> Thing. All right. Stefan writes in. Is lo- this is a serious hockey question now? Uh, is load management for older players something the stars should think about in busier parts of the schedule? Stars got a couple of older player, uh, older guys who could use rest sometimes, even if they don't want it. Seemed to help Rads. I know he wasn't scratched for that. <laughs> I uh, I think so. I think it's I do. I think it's it's not an NHL thing. It's an NBA thing, quote unquote. And I think it could be frowned upon. But I do think, in particular, with the Stars defensemen, I think they are not utilizing Taylor for doing well enough. I think. He should have played one of the last two games. I agree. I thought um, I thought it was perfect against Winnipeg, but they wanted the heaviest yeah. lineup. So I, I get it. I think maybe they, tonight. Tonight he was good tonight. Yeah, but you know, you know, I, I think they should have used. I think in the long run they should have. You have you to play Fadun against the Devils, or do you keep rolling? I would have played Fadun tonight. I, I I know that you had. They played well the other night, but if you keep saying you keep playing well, you have to think in the long term, and you have to. He's going to being a month without playing yeah, a game. You can't do that. Um, so I think they need to do that. Um, and uh, I, 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 yeah, I whether and it's not full on load management like what happened with Kawhi Leonard in Toronto, but I do think it's something that should be deployed. Nick writes in, and I think you probably saw this picture as well. Uh, listen to the Carcast all the time. Thank you, Nick. I just recently made a bobblehead. Would you purchase one at the right price? This is the bobblehead he made, which appears to be of his own likeness. Mm-hmm. Um, I will answer this my way, and then, Sean, you can rebut or respond if you'd like. I have never paid for a bobblehead in my life, um, unless you say indirectly because I got a ticket to a game that gave out a bobblehead, except that the ones in which I have collected bobbleheads at games, including the Patrick Kane bobblehead, in Chicago at United Center, I did not pay for the ticket. I uh, worked my connections to get a free ticket from our PR department or their PR department. So I would not pay for a bobblehead. And all due respect, no offense meant, but I it's my, my personal policy. Yeah, I've never paid for a bobblehead either. Would uh, you? No. All right. No. So the answer is the right price is zero. No, I, I think bobbleheads are a fun free giveaway. I don't think I would. Ever I don't. Pay for really, one. I, I collect them to give to the boys, my kids, yeah. because they like it. But it's not something that I I yeah. go around seeking. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know some people do collect them, and that's cool. right. And like, nothing against yeah. it. You I know, just, we all collect things, yeah. um, but not this one. 
Sam writes in, and Sam bombarded my Twitter earlier. Thoughts, Corey Perry had an above-average game. Thoughts. And then, of course, earlier tonight, he was sending me in the Stars postgame, hey, Corey Perry was great. Hey, Calgary fans love Corey Perry. I don't know what this this is. Maybe I'm missing something about Flames fans and Corey Perry, but they thought he, he – Sam thought he was played well. Would you – Corey Perry's been really good the last two games. He's been good, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't have anything to add to that. To really, no, just like he was good. He should have had a goal on yeah. Thursday against the uh, Jets. He had a ton of chances. Mm-hmm. Uh, court rates. Hey, Carcast fellas, has Monty said why they're canceling so many practices? Just rest, rest due to rough schedule. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's something where Monty and NHL teams have been practicing less and less anyway. Coaches have been kind of more. In, looking at rest is more of a weapon than practice in some cases. And I've talked to a couple of players about it today. Um, it really, what it is, is Monty wants this team to be rested so they can play with high energy. And while... I thought his answer to you about that this morning, mm-hmm. was, was it this morning or tonight? It was really good. He said, every team needs to play with high energy because if you don't skate in this, yeah. league, you can't win. Yes. That was this morning. That was this morning. I remember that. Uh, Ardell writes in, is Ben Bishop good interview? Yes, he's yes, a great he's really interview. really good interview. Uh, can you share thoughts slash observations about his level of play, strengths on ice, and personality interests off ice? I gifted the wife an athletic uh, subscription. Ah. She loves hockey. I'm a lucky man. Well, thank you for subscribing to The Athletic. I wonder if you got a free t-shirt on the uh, Cyber Monday. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. I didn't. I almost gifted myself one just to get another athletic <laughs> shirt, but I did not do that. The uh, but to, I guess to give the quick the quick Ben Bishop mo um, good interview. Uh, obviously, top goalie in the league played really well. Les Vesna finalist last year for a reason. Um, one of my one of my favorite players to deal with because uh, he can both talk about hockey and not hockey topics and. I, the other thing I really respect about Ben is I think he respects what we do, and uh, he may have. There's been times where he may have disagreed with something I thought or wrote, and then five minutes later we were talking about the college football playoffs. So I respect that a lot about He's Ben. He's really approachable. Yes, and nice guy. Lots of conversation. Uh, doesn't dismiss people, and he talks on game days. Uh, I, Stars have been lucky with some goalies that are okay talking. Um, that recently, Kudobin mm-hmm. yes. will do it all the time too. Not always the case in the past, but mm-hmm. I, I like that. Uh, Alex writes in. Well, his name is Alex Ferguson, so as a Liverpool supporter, I shouldn't even give him the time of day. <laughs> uh, but he says, "What are your favorite Christmas songs, and can you sing it for us?" No. <laughs> uh, both. No favorite Christmas songs, or just no? I do. Them? I do have a favorite Christmas song. Okay. Um, I'm not sure. You know what? I really like Santa Claus is Coming to Town. The Bruce Springsteen. That's one of the reasons, but Santa Claus is Coming Town was always my favorite claymation movie. Okay. So that's that's yeah. kind of it's it's more well, of a it's more of a connectivity of of to a movie. I'm I can't remember the guy's name. It's Bob something. Did a uh, a parody tape. It was actually a cassette tape, but it was an album of called Twisted Christmas. And mm-hmm. there's some really funny, like the Twelve Pains of Christmas. Okay. You know, it's it's like a, yeah. a comedy mock up of the real ones. Yeah. And there's some great things in that. The Twelve Pains of Christmas itself is great. There's also one called The Restroom Door Said Gentleman. And okay. it was a it's a parody of uh Oak um God Rest Ye Merry Gentlemen, I think. Yeah. And that's I sing that one. Not here. Yes. But I think that's <laughs> hilarious because it's all about he the the guy singing it 
I mean, it's a choir singing, but they, the restroom door said gentlemen, it turns out to be the ladies' room. And he walks in and gets assaulted and kicked uh-huh. and hit by a purse and blah, blah, blah. So it's really funny. I, I like the regular Christmas songs, but my favorite are after Thanksgiving is over. I'm not a fan of bombarding Christmas music during the November holiday. I do have a favorite Thanksgiving song. Oh? I don't know if you, if anyone's ever listened to Arlo Guthrie's Alice's Restaurant. I was thinking you were going to say Adam Sandler's turkey song. No, 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 no. The, uh, Al- listening to uh, Arlo Guthrie's Alice's Restaurant is a Shapiro family tradition going nice. back to when I was very young. I think it's like a 17-minute song or something like that. Really? And it's just a ballad of, uh, if you've heard it, you know what I'm talking about. If not... I don't think I have. Google it. All right. And, maybe and, I have, but I don't. Yeah. I can't think of it. Google it, and uh, if you have the time to listen to it, if not, just... Read the synopsis. I'm sure Wiki, someone's done a Wikipedia entry. Uh, Mark, we have two left. Let's see if they're okay. new or the same, because uh, sometimes it's we've already ta- yeah. covered the topic. Uh, Mark says that Yanmark started the year in the top six and played well tonight. Fit in with Sagan and Ben. Is he a new Cody Eakin? Is he a new Cody Eakin? He's a different player. He's faster than Eakin, although Eakin's quick. Uh, Eakin was always that shutdown center and faceoff guy, which Yanmark has not been given the opportunity to do. I mean, when he used to take draws, he didn't do very well. I don't think... Uh, I don't know uh, if that's a great comparison, I also, but, I also, but he is very responsible. I also don't think the Stars are the best version of the Stars long-term with Matthias Yanmark on the top line. I agree. Uh, I um, And you know what? Maybe that makes him Cody Eakin, because Cody Eakin maybe was miscast as well. Well, again, the, you know, know he could play with him, but you said yeah, yeah. he'd be better if he was on the third line than exactly. the first line. Exactly, yes. Uh, Jackson writes in, aside from the fact that Monty trusts his veterans, why is Sacker getting the call over Fadoon? Uh, I mean, that's kind of the answer. But the, the other thing is, it's not Sacker versus Fadoon, it's Pollock versus Fadoon. Yes. Um, well, because it's righty versus righty. Yeah, that's, it's, it's not like... You se- could do the rare right-right pairing. You could, but it's, it's, it's a question between Pollock and Fadoon, and... Maybe it used to be Alexiak versus Fadoon, but Alexiak has played well and kind of earned some trust. So now Sekera has always been in the coach's trust, and um, whether that's right or wrong, you, we can debate that. You can debate that, but um, it's not it's not Selex, uh, but it's Polak versus Fadoon for who was in. And when there was the scratch recently, it was Polak who sat out for Fadoon. Stars Potter twelve. The Canucks throwbacks today. Thoughts. Tremendous, tremendous. The V is hideous. Yeah, but it's tremendous. I'm the way glad they, that they did it. It's the way they did it. it but then like, the flying skate is the one that I grew up with. Yeah. And I like that That's one. That's the old uh, Pavel Bure. He's one of my favorite yeah. players. I had a big poster of Bure as, uh, yeah. as a kid. And then I moved to Dallas to work for the Stars, and everybody hates him because what he did to Shane Churla, which was a dirty elbow to the head, yes. um, I, I will admit. But I still loved watching. He was so fast. Yeah. He just looked like... He, the, the rink couldn't contain his speed, mm-hmm. uh, and I was a big fan of the the Russian rocket. Yeah. Uh, finally, Sean, just something that I wanted to point out because our questions have reached an end, which okay. is great because we had to go. But uh, ten minutes and twenty seconds tonight. Oh yeah, that significance is a non-stop section of the second period, right? Yes. But after the Gurionov power play goal, there was an icing. Mm-hmm. Not immediately after, but a minute or so later. They went 10 minutes and 20 seconds without a stoppage of play. And on a late start, it was phenomenal. 
I was hoping the third period would be running time, too. Yeah. Like, just keep it moving. I, I'm pretty sure it was the longest snow whistle time of the season. Well, I, for the Stars, I yes. can't remember even close. Yeah, exactly. So, Especially when they get the icing happy nights. Mm-hmm. It was oh. good, right? Yeah. It was up and down. It was up and down. There were some times where one team was stuck in the zone, then they cleared but didn't ice it, and the other team, it was fun. Mm-hmm. I like that. More of that. Yeah. And it also drives television producers crazy. Because then they lose media timeouts and they don't know how to get the commercials in. And I know, look, uh, Mike Leary and the, the crew for Foxworth Southwest doesn't want me to champion that. And our guys at the ticket trying to get that in, it's frustrating for them. But I kind of, you know, we kind of support chaos once in a while. Team chaos. Yeah, you know. All right, that's it for episode 90, which also could be the Ryan O'Reilly episode. Mm-hmm. We didn't give him a lot of credit. Or uh, Mike Madonna in Detroit? <laughs> Maybe? We'll <laughs> yeah. stick with Joey Juno. You know. Yeah. But, uh, Sean, we have a Sunday without practice, but that doesn't mean I have an easy day tomorrow. A Monday practice, and the New Jersey Devils, who are getting headlines for all the wrong reasons right now oh, on Tuesday. I saw a couple highlights from that game tonight. They were... There are some issues, major issues with that team. And the biggest notable is that one of their top bill players... Is not about what they can do for the team; it's what they can do for another team. Yep. Well, it'll be interesting to talk about Tuesday. 